Hello, and welcome to the Stand Up Tragedy podcast. My name's Dave, and I'm your host. Today, we're going to bring you Act One of Greek tragedy that took place at the Dog Star in Brixton earlier this month. It was a hot night, appropriate, because ancient Greece would have been hot, and the windows were open, and it was stifling hot. So because of that, you will hear a little bit more of the sound of the street on some of the bits of this podcast. So that's just a bit of context of why you can hear that. Also, some of the acts didn't use the microphone, so we recorded the room sound for them, which is great. But again, it's a slightly different feel than what you might be expecting. That's the technical elements out of the way. Whilst I'm introducing the show, I'd like to introduce you or direct you to Stand Up Tragedy's crowdfunding campaign, which is on Indiegogo. You can find it at bit.ly forward slash tragic fringe. Go over there and have a look and consider giving us some money. There's some brilliant perks that you can get in exchange for doing that. And all of your contributions, however small, however big, will help us to take the tragedy up to the Edinburgh Fringe as part of the Free Fringe. We're going to be up there from the 2nd to the 24th of August at 7.30 every day at the Banshee Labyrinth. So come along and see some tragedy up there. Our next London show is on Wednesday the 9th of July it's called Tragic Misadventures it's a crossover with Kit Lovelace's excellent night romantic misadventure featuring all sorts of brilliant people including Helen Arnie so come along to that you can buy your tickets through our crowdfunder so bit.ly Tragic Fringe buy some tickets for Tragic Misadventures over there here is today's episode Act 1 Greek tragedy. Hello, everybody. Wow, look at this. So uh, this, this show was uh, Time Out's Critics' Choice today, and we were featured in the uh, top ten uh, storytelling nights in the country a couple of months ago in The Guardian. So I think we can see the kind of audiences you get if you get media publicity. Uh, and so hopefully we're going to sound... I like that kind of an audience tonight because this is a podcast, so at least there is that before us. So, welcome to Stand Up Tragedy. My name's Dave and I'm your host. Uh, What we do at Stand Up Tragedy is we stand up and we do tragedy. Uh, It's a variety night, it has music, it has comedy, it has spoken words, tonight it has theatre. It's an excellent lineup that we've got of tragic variety tonight. Um, I like to flag up though that as tonight is a tragedy, people may go to dark places, you should be aware of that, Um, as I guess we should always be aware that we may go to dark places in our lives, Um, but tonight it's pretty guaranteed, so uh, be prepared for that. But there'll also be some laughs as well as some tears, uh, so don't worry about that. And there'll be a sing-along at the end. It seems like a good theme uh, for stand-up tragedy because obviously uh, Greek tragedy which is what tonight's all about um, it, that's where we first came up with the codification that we, we, we now call tragedy um, tragedy I think existed since we started telling stories but in Greece they they gave it a name uh, so, but it's also appropriate for me to be running tonight because um, I was really really in fact I believed in Greek myths when I was seven I like properly believed um, in Greek myths. Then I went on to Norse myths because they were like a bit more bleak. But uh, started off with Greek Greek myths and I believed in them. And I uh, wrote a, a play 
when I was 17, a Greek tragedy when I was 17, and I'm going to maybe ill-advisedly read the beginning of that play. It's actually, it's actually unfortunately not as... I wanted it to be worse than it is, actually, because I wanted to laugh at myself. But maybe now I'm, now I'm like building it up, and it's going to now... We'll see. My name is Chorus. I am the past, the present, and the future. But yet, I am nothing. I am born out of the need to rationalise, to justify what happens in this lonely world. All I do is decided by those who create me. <laughs> you can tell I was 17, right? I am fate. The fate of those who choose to trust to fate. I uh, am the melody and the harmony of people's lives. They sing of me in their dreams. They pray to me in the silence. They created me and so I am here, so I may guide you, show you their stories. And so, uh, when I was 17, I was conceptualising the idea of Chorus as a character. Tonight, I am your host, and therefore I am uh, the idea of Chorus in inhabited in a character. So that's what's happening. Um, we, uh, should, I should say we have a fanzine for sale. Um, it's our first one that's all pictures. There's no words in tonight's one. Uh, it looks like this. Uh, you, sh you can buy it over there. Um, and it's another way that we like to explore tragedy in written or pictorial form as well as in the spoken form. Uh, so that's the advert for that bit. Oh, the other thing I want to tell you massive audiences about is that we're, we've got a, a crowdfunding campaign. So uh, yes, go home, tell everybody that you know to, to fund our crowdfunding campaign. We're going up to Edinburgh. Uh, we could do with some cash. I've gone freelance. Uh, my life's gone uh, completely upside down. And yet I'm booked in to do a show in Edinburgh. So please let me not break down and give generously. Uh, th th you can find it bit.ly forward slash tragic fringe. And uh, tonight we also want you to share your tragedy with each other. We want to hear your tragedy. So we've got some kind of mask templates over there, Greek tragedy mask templates. It'd be really cool if you wanted to design your own ones during the night. Don't design anything you don't want to go on the internet. Uh, but uh, do please design. Um, uh, so, what is Greek tragedy? Uh, so it's a prologue, which is what, what's happening now. Uh, which is where the chorus discusses the drama and the background is introduced in a speech. Uh, as I said, I'm being very meta at this moment. Um, it's interspersed by... Okay, right, yes. The drama unfolds in three or more episodia, um, and uh, that's what we've got tonight. We've got three acts. Um, interspersed by Stasimon, uh, which are choral interludes commenting on the situation, which are known as breaks. Uh, tonight, where you can comment on the situation to each other. Uh, and it ends with Exodus, which we'll obviously be doing at the end. That's the conclusion. Um, tonight, as always, our Exodus will be a sing-along, um, and we will literally become that chorus together. Um, we're going to sing along to Common People by Pulp, because it's the best song I could think of that people might know that has anything to do with Greece in it, because she came from Greece, she had a thirst for knowledge. Um, I did choose that because it was the most popular Greek tragedy song to sing along to, but I'm, I'm, I don't know. We'll see if the audience knows it. I'm looking, it's like people are looking blank at me, uh, which makes me sad as a child of the 90s. Um, but there we go. Um, so really, though, tonight won't actually fulfil a strict tragedy structure. That's me crowbarring things in like an idiot. Uh, Greek tragedy is where tragedy began, at least etymologically, um, and uh, it meant goat song, which I think there will be some reference to tonight, I feel, from some of our, uh, our uh, 
performers. Um, scholars suspect that this may be traced to a time when a goat was either the prize or um, the ritual sacrifice, which is like kind of, you know, that's pretty much the kind of two options, I guess, in life, isn't it? The prize or the ritual sacrifice. Which one will you be? Uh, the, the origin of the word um, is in question because uh, it's a long time ago, <laughs> so it would be. But uh, the art form was certainly codified, as I said, and developed into a specific style of theatre with rules and tropes. And it was a collective process, and I am into collective processes. So what we're going to do tonight is have a collective process. We're going to have an experience together, and we're going to feel some stuff. As Aristotle put it, tragedy is therefore an imitation or mimesis of a noble and complete action which through compassion and fear produces purification of the passions. So we're going to have some passion purification tonight, which sounds pretty fun. And uh, that quote should also tell you that it doesn't have to be like death. Death doesn't always happen in tragedies, so I'm glad of that because it's always hard to sell this show to people and that helps me uh, to, to say, oh, well, it doesn't have to all be death, although there will be a lot of death. Um, so the uh, three Aristotelian unities of drama are the unities of time, place, and action. The unity of action, so a play should have one main action that it follows with no or few subplots. The unity of place, a play should cover a single physical space and should not attempt to compress geography, nor should the stage represent more than one place, so we've failed there, I reckon. Uh, unity of time, the action in a play should take place over no more than 24 hours. Well, let's see, we can put all of our acts to the test and see if they adhere to those unities. Um, we see a hero going through an experience, though, um, and it's filled with dramatic irony, um, and that hero generally has the hamartia or the tragic flaw or the error which is for example in my life going freelance at an inappropriate time um as sophocles put it you can kill a man but you can't kill an idea and that is what tragedy is an idea that has not died and tonight we are going to share some of that idea with you and our first person to do that who I'm going to bring to the stage now. Um, you can find his excellent podcast, The Bugle, through iTunes and stuff like that. He is a show coming up in Edinburgh, Andy Zaltzman, Satirist for Hire. His website is www.andyzaltzman.co.uk. So that gives you a clue that the person I'm bringing to the stage is Andy Zaltzman! Thank you, thank you. Great. Now, I, I usually do stand-up comedy, so this is uh, you know, a bit of a departure for me. So I'm going to attempt to uh, adapt to the new, uh, the new circumstance of this Greek, this Greek uh, tragedy gig. Of course, Aristotle did say a lot of things about, uh, about tragedies, we've just heard. He also described tragedy uh, in another writing of his. He described tragedy as this. Uh, tragedy is like, you know, when like, really bad shit happens and uh, really fucks you off. I mean, he wrote that when he was 14, and he became more and more eloquent through, uh, through his life. And um, as a comedian, I you know, try to make people laugh um, for a living with uh, intermittent success and failure. But I don't think um, comedy doesn't really give a balanced view of life. And I think the ancient Greeks had it about right. When they performed their plays, there were three tragedies. Uh, it was basically a day of uh, drama. Three tragedies and then one, one comedy. So tragedy three... Comedy one, and uh, it's basically like a football squad, and it was then followed 
by a satire play, which is basically men running around with willies out. Um, so I guess that is also like the aftermath of most professional football games. So, um, um, so that's uh, so I'll be uh, I'll be attempting uh, attempting to. And you look at modern Greece; it's it's, it's a kind of a, a tragic morality tale for uh, hubris and arrogance and uh, blown opportunities. And um, I mean, it's really hard to explain what happened to the Greek. The Greek economies, you know, and, and across Europe, so many natural advantages, and yet so, so many people have been punished for crimes that were not, not their own. The only way I can explain it, it's like when you meet a man who has clamped one of his testicles in a George Foreman grill. <laughs> We've all been there, haven't we? And um, he's then attempted to rectify this problem by borrowing money at a punitive rate of interest that he cannot possibly <laughs> hope to pay back to buy another George Foreman grill. Uh, which he has then clamped around his other testicle to make it look like that is what he intended to do all along. And then you're just left with a man standing in the middle of a shopping centre, George Foreman Grill, clanking hauntingly against George Foreman Grill, shouting, help, help, someone lend me some more money so I can buy a George Foreman Grill for my penis. So, uh, I won't explain the European economic crisis. It's certainly an accessible uh, terms. So let's... Uh, I'll do my best with. Uh, have, have, have you all been to see stand-up comedy? Yeah. Um, yeah. So, um, um, so, so you might sort of pick up. It's just the way I work. I mean, some of this come out in, in kind of similar format to uh, <laughs> to stand-up comedy. So, I'll first, do a little bit of uh, audience uh, banter. Hello, Brixton. Are you ready to weep at the futility of life? <laughs> Let me hear you say. Let me hear you say, life is a veil of tears and suffering is an inescapable mogul on the ski slope of life as we crash slowly down into the dank valley of oblivion. <laughs> so, uh, I'm Andy Zaltzman. Um, tragic thing happened to me on the way here this evening. Uh, I was walking down the roads and I killed my father and shagged my mother. <laughs> well, you've got to weep, haven't you? Uh, but... Um, that's what life's all about. Going out with some mates and having a sob at the inevitability of death. Now, um, a widow, an orphan, is a joke. A widow, an orphan and a terminally ill bloke walked into a pub and the barman said, my wife just left me. <laughs> so uh, I better meet you, the crowd, uh, the crowd a bit. Uh, what's your name? Where do you come from? Electricity. Tricity? Yeah. Uh, is that short for electricity or not? Yeah, yeah. Why not? And where, where are you from? Rotherhide. Rotherhide? And what do you do for a living? A cabaret performer. I knew a cabaret performer once. He died at a tragically early age. <coughs> bit of banter. Now, um, bit of observational stuff. Uh, have you ever noticed how there's no dignity in death? What's up with that? <coughs> Needs a bit of fine-tuning. Um, now, like most stand-up tragedians, uh, I've just split up from my girlfriend. Well, I say split up. What actually happened was uh, I had a mate who was jealous of us, uh, so he started planting these seeds of doubt in my mind that she was having an affair behind my back uh, with this hot dude, like, and uh, totally fitted her up. I bought it like a two-piece suite, and uh, so one thing led to another, and I smothered her to death with a pillow before realising my mistake and killing myself. <laughs> um, <coughs> a bit classic stand-up tragedy. Now, a bit derivative, uh, some might say. Um, now, uh, obviously, one of the great tropes of comedy is the difference between men and women. Uh, this also works on a, uh, on a tragic level, men and women very different, and that can lead to tragic misunderstandings. And um, I'll tell you one thing women don't like. Uh, it's a classic setup for a, for a joke. I'll tell you another thing women don't like, the menopause. 
and the slow, inevitable decline into the inescapable chasm of death that it so ominously foreshadows. Um, well, men and women are very different. I mean, men, if they lost a loved one in a disastrous accident, they probably appear to be quite strong in a few days after then, but ultimately they'll probably have a serious nervous breakdown. Whereas women, women would be completely different. They'd be like massively emotional and turn on the tears for a few days, but ultimately be strong in the long run. What's up with that? <laughs> my mother-in-law is so fat. My mother-in-law is so fat that she died of a massive coronary at the age of 35, leaving a grief-stricken husband and four motherless children. <coughs> so, um, I thought I'd better do a bit of uh, topical stuff, because I do kind of topical satirical comedy. Uh, normally I thought I'd do a bit of topical tragedy. Uh, and here's today's newspaper, Times newspaper. And here we go. Islamic insurgents push Baghdad to the brink. There it is, tragedy, right there. I don't know if the tragic game panel shows are going to be addressing this this week. Because comedy doesn't really address these issues in panel shows. So I think, tra I mean, tragedy. Because we do have, there are kind of tragedy panel shows. I mean, question time, essentially. That's basically what it is. So, so that, that, that's classic. That is, that is a classic, full of, basically uh, following the form of ancient Greek tragedy as described uh, at the start of the game. It was, uh, you know, it was a lot of hubris, wasn't it? I think uh, George Bush and his mission accomplished sign. Now, 11 years on, this. And the insurgents did not run through Mosul and stick up a mission accomplished sign. And I think that is uh, bad form on their part. Uh, sunblock, little use in the fight against skin cancer. That's a bit quite tragic, I would say. Tragic, uh, tragic story that shows, you know, no matter how much we fight against nature, nature will always always essentially gang up and kill us. Is this on? Just, I mean, it's just trash. It's basically, the newspaper is just, that is just absolute fodder, a stamp for any stand-up tragedian. Uh, criminal gangs running swathes of Britain. <coughs> tough crowd, tough, tough crowd, tough crowd, tough, tough cow. Kissing lovers fall to death from sixth floor flat. Yeah, I mean, it works at this gig, but I wouldn't do that in a stand-up gig. Right? So, uh, go on to the next bit. I've um, uh, got a few more jokes. Uh, you, can, uh, you can participate in some of these. Uh, proper tragic jokes. Knock, knock. Yeah. The police. I've got some terrible news. I think you better sit down. <laughs> doctor, doctor, there's a lump in my head. I've got some terrible news. I think you better sit down. <laughs> Waiter, waiter, there's a flight in my suit. I've got some terrible news, I think you better sit down. Mr. Rabama, Mr. Cameron, what are you doing with the future of our planet? I've got some terrible news, I think you better sit down. Huh? Bit edgy. Now, um, uh, I thought I'd do some impressions. Uh, yeah, I've got to do some impressions. Uh, and, uh, I think they, could, they, work, they work on a tragic level as well as a comic level. Uh, I'll do, this is my Buddy Holly impression. Stewardess, could you ask the pilot to aim the plane a bit more at the sky and a bit less at the ground? Um, Marvin Gaye. Hello, Dad. You look cross. <laughs> and uh, now my tragic impression of Michael Hutchins. Hello, reception. Yes, yeah, Michael in room four or six. Uh, yeah, I'm having a bit of trouble getting a picture on my television. What do you think I should do? Tie a belt round my neck and hang myself to the door. Okay, I'll give it a spin. So um, I think what this gig has shown is that comedy, like uh, or tragedy, like comedy, is a very difficult game. You just never know one audience to the next. You know, one day. The audience is going to find you heartbreakingly sad and be crying their eyes out the next day to stare at you as if you're saying isn't even slightly distressing. But uh, it's fickle business. Um, but uh, anyway, so... Uh, oh, here's another one. Here's another quick joke before I go. Uh, what do you get when you cross a life-threatening illness with some unexpected bereavements? 
total misery. <laughs> and uh, final one, uh, I was in a Chinese restaurant and suddenly a prawn dumpling uh, flew across the room and exploded, causing the roof to collapse, killing several people. Uh, this uh, deep fried bit of pork uh, then exploded, uh, bringing scenes of absolute devastation. Honestly, it was a scene of wanton destruction. <laughs> well, you may laugh, but people did genuinely die. <laughs> so, uh, <laughs> I think that's it. <laughs> I think I've basically done everything I was meaning to do. I hope you've, been, uh, hope you've enjoyed it. I actually did, um, uh, a lot of that was from my very first Edinburgh show, which I did in 2001. I had a stand-up tragedy routine, and... Um, <laughs> To be honest, I've basically forgotten about it until I heard about this gig. So it's so, been nice to uh, nice to do it again. Um, so uh, just uh, finish up. Thanks very much for listening. Um, I've been Andy Zaltzman, and you're all going to die alone. <laughs>
like nothing has happened. I can close my eyes and it's always the same dark. Same dark for everyone. Only now I'm back. And instead of stars and fires in the night, the night's lit up by thousands of pairs of eyes all staring at me. Do you really care if I'm sorry? Because it's just not important. I mean, what difference does it make if I'm sorry? Will, will it bring people back to life? How about if I did it for love? Love. What is that? Well, tonight it's being dropped off with my suitcase, not saying goodnight, sleeping in separate rooms. But he took me back. So, maybe that. Oh, it doesn't matter what that is. What matters is what I did. What did I actually do? I need to make a list. So, um, number one, I left Menelaus, went with Paris to Troy. So I left my husband. Not the first. Not the last. Um, hello? The gods? Next question. Number two. Everybody and his brother just had to follow me. Also not my fault. Blame Odysseus. Menelaus. He came, he went. He didn't speak to me. He travelled all this way to talk to other men about my transgressions and my punishment. No one ever thinks to ask me what I want. If you have said, Hello, please, come home. Just have been surprised enough to have said yes. I'd heard that the ships had arrived. I'd heard that the Greeks had come to take me back. And I decided not to go out and meet them. I decided <laughs> the blood had to be spilt. I decided. I decided. Number three. I survived. Ten whole years. Everyone else died. I survived. Ajax died. Patroclus died, Achilles died, Hector died, Priam died, Paris died, they all died, but I didn't kill them. Number four. <clears throat> I knew the Greeks were in the horse and I didn't say anything. <laughs> <laughs> Took them long enough to think of it though. 
If you don't care what the real story is, then I don't care what you think. You'll think whatever you like. You'll gossip in the street as I walk past. I'll forever hear just echoed murmurs of my life. And you'll all be wrong. Unless I tell you. With a smile. None of it matters. So I may as well unpack. So we've come to the end of our first act of tragedy. Uh, and, uh, yes, uh, yes, time to cool down, I'll put the fan on. Uh, yeah, have a break. Um, I guess we'll go with sort of 10 minutes uh, rather than 15. And just keep it going along nicely. I feel that that might be a good, good move. What do you think, audience, yeah? Uh, there we go, the chorus speaks. Right, thanks. Share the tragedy by following us at Stand Up For Tragedy on Twitter or finding us on Facebook and liking us or even better, friending us over on Facebook. It's always good to make friends with some tragedy. As I said at the beginning of the show, we've got a crowdfunding campaign. Please consider supporting us if you enjoy our podcast or if you enjoy our live shows. Please consider helping us to take our tragedy up to Edinburgh to share it in the fridge and another reminder 9th of July tragic misadventures at the Black Heart in Camden tickets through our crowdfunder more details through Facebook or our website this podcast was recorded by Stephen Harvey and produced by me with music from George Brufton and Sam Wilkinson and for now, the tragedy 